Give us any chance, we'll take it. Read us any rule, we'll break it. We're gonna make our dreams come true. Welcome to Night After Night, a podcast about eight seasons in a row. I'm Lisa Fernandes, and... I'm Chris Drywardna. Hello. We're about to review the season three episode, The Stakeout, directed by Alan Rafkin and written by Barry Rabinowitz. And I bet you I've got some facts about them, don't you, Chris? I do. Um, so with regard to... So, and Rafkin will... I'm sa- I'm saving my next notes, I think, for another episode, another episode or two. But uh, Barry Rabinowitz, uh, this was his third episode for the series, with another five more to go, including the upcoming bus stop in season three. Uh, at around this time, he also was bouncing around the Happy Day space and getting credit as the writer on Bye Bye Black Ball. So we will uh, we'll be back with Barry and check in with some further notes. Uh, and um, and yeah, so that was good. It's a, it's a good. It definitely is. It's a very. You'll be able to tell this is a very sitcomy episode because of the fact it's yeah. you know and and Barry does a good job with it though. Um, but with Rafkin, more of it is a kind of an opinion note rather than a trivia note. But um, it's it's definitely this is an episode showing his chops with regards to timing. He takes a very simple setup and lets the character actors have a blast and keeps a very brisk pace. So this is yes. this is definitely. Um, it's an episode that, you know, Rafkin did a ton of television. He was basically directing into his 70s. And uh, this is one of those episodes that it shows this is a guy who was a lifetime, lifetime of, of work. So. Yes. And as we've said before, he won an Emmy for directing one day at a time. That was his assignment right after this one. So he went right from this set to that set. Mm-hmm. But those interesting little factoid. And here's what the episode is about. The girls come home from a shopping trip to the sound of a stranger flushing their toilets. After holding them at that point, the girls learn said strangers are FBI agents, Ronald Williams and Herbie Franks, and that Edna is allowing them to use the building as a base for a stakeout. The girls are soon forced to lie to their friends and family alike about the Fed's presence. The girls are excited by the investigation and attracted to the average-looking FBI guys until one of the accomplices to the crime turns out to be Carmine, who appears to be working for as a courier for Mr. Mazzetti. They're across-the-street neighbor and subject of the investigation. Girls try to do everything they can think of to protect Carmine, but will it all be for naught? What do you think of this episode? This was uh, kind of a nice rush. It's uh, it's definitely one that I didn't kind of get a deeper feeling out of, but it's, um, yeah, it's, as I mentioned before, it's very brisk. It's It, it just kind of keeps moving, yeah. and it's um, I really love that he kind of lets the character actors and sit, the situations, yeah. they're all having fun with it. Like, I yeah. feel like this is one of those he never... Um, the directing and the performances as well, they never really hold back. What it is is they're using exactly as much as they want in these moments. They they figure out what they're doing, they're making decisions, and you get to just have a blast just reveling in those decisions, acting. The acting in this episode, I felt, was really yeah. good. Just There's a lot of details. I mean, the, the bit with the bats, you know, yeah. when they're sneaking around. Um, the tag team wrestling move and kick your feet, yeah. kick your feet with the spin, you know, yeah. the physical comedy yeah. there. Uh, the line delivery. It's like, all right, now frisk him. It's like, I do not frisk strange men. That, <laughs> that was so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a lot of those elements. And it's, yeah, it's everyone's having a good time. Oh, my God. And Lenny and Squiggy responding yes. to the the lie about Ronald. Yeah. Yeah, I'm being a he's cousin. Very dark. And it's like it's he's from uh, su- southern Italy, you know, because he's uh, he's darker skin. He's it's just really tan. So, <laughs> hi. <laughs> the actor playing Ronald is so good. He is just relishing this part. Yep. And he's having such a good time, just you know, bouncing off of this part, bouncing off the walls, and yeah, you know, enjoying the physical comedy and just like. 
having fun tweaking the script. He's really good in this particular episode. This is a fun little show. It's a really fun little episode. Uh, everyone gets a good part in it. Uh, the compressed time frame of the stakeout really helps. It's kind of a bottle episode, but not really. Actually, it kind of is a bottle episode. It's enti- it takes place entirely no, no, it's, in it's the girls' apartment. I, I don't... Yeah, yeah. I was going to correct myself. This is a bottle episode. It takes place entirely in the girls' basement apartments. We don't really get any scenery changes. We go into the bedroom and that's it. And the way they handle that staging and the way they manage to make that entertaining and fun really says a lot about how well the show's gears will work. So this is a little visual. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It's 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 definitely it's a, it's a really good little ep, and it's it definitely it has these this wonderful and I found that the. I think it's interesting that so Mel Scott plays Ronald and he was yes. a regular TV actor, you know, getting spots at different different shows, including multiple appearances on Police Story, playing different characters. You know, so just each show up here is like a character here, a character there. Um, what's a bummer is he actually didn't get a ton of work in the 80s and really hasn't been seen since because his oh. last credit was he did stunt work on Glory in 1989. Oh. Um, so which I find really unfortunate because I mean, in this episode, he's got a lot of presence. This is a guy yeah. that like could have been in, I mean, with that delivery, I would have loved to have seen this guy in Abram Zucker movies, you know, yeah. he was so good in those. And, and that's, that was a bit of a shame. And then also, um, so on the other, the other hand, Herbie Herb is Michael McManus. Do you remember who Michael oh, McManus was? Yeah. 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 Tell our audience. Yeah. It's uh, it's moose from, uh, yes. from dating slump. And yeah. and so sadly, this was his last part on the show. So we'll have to be saying Aww. goodbye to McManus here. Um, he would, go, but he did go on to continue being a character actor, a day player. Uh, he actually was a regular on the Lewis and Clark TV show in the early '80s. And oh. um, I kept thinking the guy looked a little familiar. So it turns out he's in Poltergeist as one of the neighbors, uh, Ben Tothill. Oh. So I think it's one of those like, and I haven't, I have not seen Poltergeist in forever. I love that movie, but I haven't seen it in like 20 years. Um, so. That was a movie I saw kind of young, yeah. <laughs> and oh, so I watched geez. it a bunch when I was younger. And yeah, so he, but that's a case of you know he was kind of familiar. Mel Scott was kind of new, but it's like they, yeah. like they integrate. Like I would love to have seen these two characters come back for other episodes. Yeah, same. They're a lot of fun. They're a ton of fun. I will say that one of the plot underpinnings really annoys me: the fact that Edna just decides to do this without telling the girls. Yeah, that that did like, bother me. That is a bit, eh, maybe you should tell them so they don't beat these two dudes down or they don't end up dead. That's right. just like not very Edna. It's not the sensible person that we know she is mm-hmm. and the smart person that we know she is. So that's always been something that bothered me about this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. She would know better do such a thing. Yeah, it's 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 strange. It's it's one yeah. of the there's a lot of little gaps in logic that have to be, you know, and, and that often I know this happens with, where when something kind of more realistic, like or kind of gritty, I should say more TV drama happens on a sitcom. Yeah. They always have to play up certain elements of absurdity. And so I feel like they they kind of forced it into that way because they, you know, found a cute idea and they just kind of ran with it. As I said, yeah. it's a very sitcom, very ep- kind of episode. Yeah. Yeah. And it works in a lot of ways. It really does work in a lot of ways. Exactly. Um, yeah. 
this was an episode that was really enhanced by the studio audience. The studio audience is having all the time in this particular episode. I, I was literally looking at my note about that, yes. Yeah. Uh, they kept roaring every time something even slightly risque was spoken by one of these actors. Like, we stop playing with my stuff and they start hooting. Like, this is an episode of Married with Children. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. Oh no. Yeah. There's that one woman in the audience who could just hear her just howling in the back. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. 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 If you listen to this show with good headphones on, or you have good stereo speakers, sometimes you'll be able to hear certain uh, certain quirks within the audience's reactions. And this is one of those episodes mm-hmm. that's really obvious. Like in certain episodes, you can hear David and Michael laughing off stage. Mm-hmm. When like Eddie or Cindy or Penny are doing something, and sometimes you can really hear Eddie laughing if you listen. Mm-hmm. They're, well, they're all in the soundtrack, depending on the episode. Uh, I love the way they handle the notion of the girls trying desperately to get some kind of contacting with Carmine. Mm-hmm. They are mm-hmm. trying so hard to warn him, and. Everything fails, even directly telling Carmine to run. And you can just kind of smack Carmine across the head for not running. Yes. Yeah. They're trying real hard to save his life. God. God. Uh, yeah, my... <laughs> <What does laughs> my, my, mom, my mom freaked out at the point when it was revealed about Carmine and, like... Uh, uh, you know, when at the reveal, you know, the dialogue reveal, and uh, they're like, we got to warn Carmine. And <laughs> my mom's like, no, we may be working with the FBI. You don't want to get in the way. Stop that. Yeah. God. Yeah. I know. But, you know, it's it's funny. I, I've been working up to this for a bit, and, I, and I, I, I think I mentioned this. I'm trying to remember if I mentioned this on the Tag Team Wrestling episode or if it was just that uh, with, with, with Ashley that we were just talking about it. Um, yeah. Is that... I wonder, what does it say about me that I forgive Carmine for a lot of crap when I find out there's the possibility he's a mobster yeah. or he's connected? <laughs> it says a, I think it just says a lot about my interest in fiction because, you know, I, I, I'm a crime story guy. I love yeah. noir and, you know, mafia sto- stories and triad tales. You know, I mean, I, I, I've, I mean, I've name dropped John Woo and Sergio Leone on this, but... It's just, it's, I find it really amusing that that was something I was like, oh, well, you know, maybe. And then, you know, like I have a note later when we get to the end of the episode, the reveal, I'll, I'll hopefully have time for that note, but which was amusing. I remember you got a laugh at it when I told you. Oh yeah, I definitely did. Um, I think I remember exactly what you said. Yeah. But yeah, (laughs) Carmen kind of gets on his high horse when the girls even think that he might have a connection to the mafia. Like, come on, come on, dude. Yeah. Come on, dude. You sell hot TVs and clock radios and all that jazz. You expect them not to maybe think you have extra connections? Like, come mm-hmm. on, dude. Uh, I love Laverne's reaction when he's all you know, snotty about you. You're going to do Hitney? Like, yeah, she'll kick your butt. Mm-hmm. She kind of deserves to have his butt kicked a little bit just for his mm-hmm. pure reaction to this whole situation. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's definitely there's definitely some under it's it's some understand it's a he's being unfair and the and, you know and it's it's definitely them jumping to that conclusion is is much more fair you know there's yeah. there's there's too there's been too many clues yeah um but yeah and I also have to yeah. I also love the but on the Carmine note I love when Shirley 
is talking about him and it's like but it's like i know him he can't be a mobster i know how he dances i know how he kisses i know how he yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) and uh i i adore that moment so much it's it's very um it's it's it's, obviously see it's the gossip and it's sort of a clue that maybe things have gone a little little further than we know on the show than it says which i thought which which to me i felt was kind of cute because it means that you know shirley carmine have been getting along better and they've been bonding better and so it's it's like okay that's kind of that's sweet but when uh, they become more steady in season four that will be addressed more thoroughly we'll get there eventually okay yeah gotcha yep Laverne is super hot to trot in this episode. She's really into this really average-looking FBI dude. She's really into Irving. She's really into this yeah. average-looking FBI dude. Like, I think this is just she. Okay, here's here's a possible theory because I I was just thinking about this about Norman Hughes the other day. Yeah, is Norman Hughes doesn't look like a cop. He looks like a baker. To yeah, me. he does. Actually. Like he he looks like a and not only that he looks like the baker in a Studio Ghibli movie set in Europe. Yeah, it's, you you probably know which which baker I'm thinking yes, of too. You yes, know? yes, I literally just flashed right in my head. Oh, that's great. And and so the thing is, and Herb kind of looks like the same. You know, he looks yeah. like um oh god, who is the sweet baker baker boy in uh the the Fantastic Beast film? I apologize for bringing up that film on the podcast. Oh pod, god, I never saw that movie. I never give them money, so I can't help you there. Yeah. <laughs> so, but. <laughs> Okay. Oh, so you said. Oh, never mind. Never mind. We'll talk about that off pod. We'll talk about that off pod. But um, but yeah. But there's a there's but yeah there's a character in that that I um that he that that Herb reminds me of in 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 a sense. You know, it's like he's yeah. he's a guy that's like he's gonna work for the FBI for a bit and then he's gonna start a little business. Maybe they'll have a mechanic. He's something. I guess what I mean is that. Think of the analogy though. It's someone who's yeah. who is safe, like her dad, or reminds of her dad in the sense that you know they're very they're sweeter. You know, they don't yell, but um. But they're kind of a doughy guy. They're they're warm. They're kind of cuddly. Yeah. They're like a big teddy bear. Yeah. You know? That's, yeah. Yeah. So it's, so I think it's like if you know Laverne, she has multi. She has different many different types. She likes a yes. lot of different men, and so. Um, yeah. But yes, yeah, so I think. But yeah, no, I totally agree. She is very hot to trot, and she's yeah, very yeah. hot hot while she trots as well. Yes, 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 yes. I love that she was so excited that he doesn't wear pajamas, and then. <laughs> And then when she dresses up and attempts to be a trick for the FBI to prove herself, she is absolutely here for seducing this dude. It, you know, mm-hmm. helping out Karma is almost kind of a side benefit. So she dresses up and she's all alone to bring back that, <laughs> that phrase. She says she's all alone. And then she makes a running leap for this dude and gets a binoculars and camera right into the chest. Mm-hmm. Oh, just a, but she tries so hard to be, uh, what she says, that she calls herself a good tramp. Mm-hmm. To try to help Carmine and for her own benefit. She's way, way into this dude. She's way, way into this dude. She's kind of amusing it up itself. Yeah. It's it's it is it's super it is very cute it's a little surprising and I oh my god the pet name why don't you call me sweet potatoes I I die that I love it I adore it um as as well we have to we have to mention Shirley's facial expressions um at some point 
probably by the time this episode has gone up, we'll have done a uh, uh, a thread, a ongoing thread, or one of many to come of the many facial expressions on Laverne and Shirley of Laverne yes. and Shirley. Shirley's expression when she says, I'll, "After all these years, I've decided to give myself up to my government." Um, and she's into it thinking, okay, if I'm going to do it, it's under my, I'm going to, it's, it's, it's like, you don't know how far she's going to go. And it's surely definitely believes it's going to go that far. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Shirley directly says, you gotta make sure you look like you're saying, hi, big fella. I'm easy. And then Laverne (laughs) pulls out that nobody thinks I'm going to, nobody, nah, no one's going to believe it. When I tell them that I was a tramp for the FBI, Shirley goes, sure they will. Oh boy, good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she just like immediately knows Laverne would do this, and then she criticizes her trampiness in a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is hilarious. And Laverne's all offended. I was a great tramp, which is a hello line for the boys. I was about to say, yeah, that's yeah. I love that bit. I was a great tramp. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, and okay. If if we're gonna move on, it, it, I don't know if we're gonna move on directly into uh, Lenny and Squiggy and the whole Junior G Men thing because I have yeah. a note, but I could yeah. hold on to that if you have anything else. <laughs> I was going to. I'm actually probably gonna go directly into that because Mike's notes were about uh, how they handled the Mr. Marzetti thing. Go for okay. it. Okay. Okay. I love Lenny's G Men vaudeville dialogue humor voice. That's right. <laughs> we want to join up. Be junior G man. I I yes yes I do that I do that as a silly voice in my in my day to day life. Yes. Um. Sometimes while I'm making toast. Sometimes while I'm telling people that I will be there soon. Um. And and yes, it it is it is delightful. Love it. You can absolutely picture Tiny Lenny in a, in a movie theater, uh, somewhere in the early fifties, late forties, when he's a little tiny kid. It's absorbing those newsreels and absorbing those like, theatrical trailers and this becomes part of who he is. He uh, has to pretend to be a, a G-Man. I, I was thinking of uh, him watching Radar Secret Service. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All those serials, all those shorts. You can, see, you can absolutely picture him absorbing all of that. I love them begging Edna for the rights. Literally kissing her feet off screen. Mm-hmm. Literally kissing her feet because they, this is the beginning of them continuously stiffing her on the rents. It kind of went into a little bit in the cruise, but it continues to be a thing. And they continue to try to pass fake money onto her, pass uh, promises, why they have the money. But I thought that was really funny. I mean, just, Don't kiss my feet. <laughs> <laughs> oh god uh, oh i'm just imagining the slobber uh, uh, now okay speaking of dog-like behavior though um huh. i i have to double back to the girls when they're all excited about the stakeout i love yes. how they're like two little puppies yes. that are just running it's it's like oh it's another guy oh and did i yeah. tell you it was Mercedes? Yeah, it was Mercedes, Mercedes, Mercedes. Yeah. it is it is so cute yeah. um yeah. they're so into this they are so yeah. yeah. I, I think in many ways that that is actually the one word I'd use to describe this episode: enthusiasm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody's really into it. There's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, they they are so into this investigation until they find out Carmine's a part of it. Then they're horrified because it stops mm-hmm. being a game. The second they find out Carmine can go up the river. Mm-hmm. 
Oh I, man. Yeah. Yeah. God, say, it's it's there's. Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was I I have my notes. I was still just. I'm sorry. I was still. <laughs> I was just thinking of the boys and how just the, the, the jumping into it, you know, it's like, and yeah. I, I think I got a job for, I think I've got a job for you. Oh, good. I hope yeah. it's under the covers work. And it's like, I wasn't born yeah. the, I, I wasn't born the yesterday, right, Len? Uh, yeah, if that was the case, I would have sent you a card or something. Oh. <laughs> That's a great line. That is a great line. I love that line. Shall I try desperately to send a note to Carmine through Squiggy? And she has to pretend to make out with him. And the way he just reacts to the idea of her suddenly wanting it with total passion. Uh, so great. Yeah, that is, uh, I will say, that is not the good hate sex there. No, no. That's the awkward hate sex. <laughs> oh, God. It's, it's, uh, it's the stairway sex scene from History of Violence, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> oh God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wrong reference. <laughs> I was gonna say the way he just goes, "Why well, talk? You can use your lips." This oh no, that's oh no, that's right. <laughs> uh, and, and tell Carmine to pick, collect his own mail. I'm a yeah. G man, not a mailman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she tries to eat the note. She tries to eat the note, frantically shoving it in her mouth. <laughs> Beautiful <laughs> physical <laughs> comedy oh, by Cindy. Beautiful physical comedy by Cindy. Uh, and then, you know, after Carmine is so, you know, oh, how dare you consider me a member of the mafia? I am a better person than that around the girls. And they literally have to beg him, you know, for his forgiveness. He finds out he was passing around hot bills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was, a, that was a fun that was a fun payoff at the very yeah, end. Yeah, it was. Hey, LeBron, going to change for 100? <laughs> oh man i did like that yeah but as soon as he came in through the door it, you know a few seconds of scene of the scene was going i just i thought darn he didn't shoot the feds and take the girls on a descent into madness sex and blood <laughs> fine fine i'll i'll just go watch oliver stone's butchering of natural born killers again oh god and, I and yes, I can. I, I've read Tarantino's original script. I consider that a butchery, and that was a good script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He kind uh, of uh, misses the uh, nuances, is my honest opinion. And then you know, people, yeah, used it for crime sprees, which is the exact opposite of yep. what the movie was trying to say. Exact opposite, people. Um, I was going to say that, you know, I love Shirley's little prayer in that taxi. Yes. She's trying to get everybody to say grace, and then Carmine and Laverne just go, amen, just to end it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And because she's blessing everybody, and she goes to Laverne, I was just about to bless you. <laughs> <laughs> Deadly delivery is beautiful. Um, I also love the uh, and Laverne had to throw herself at a married man. Yeah, that was the best part. <laughs> this, by the way, isn't the first time that Laverne will throw herself at a married man. We'll get there too. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's wait for it. Let's wait for it. Uh, I love that they try to show their loyalty to the FBI by saying they were in the color guard. <laughs> 
Yes. We're in the color guard. Yes. Oh, and uh, and and Squiggy's line: "I rooted for him. Uh, Where I rooted for America in every war." Yes. <laughs> it's like, honey, you were only alive for the Korean War so far. It's mm-hmm. the only war you were alive for. Unless he might have been alive during the very tail end of World War Two. I was about to say, tail end or, yeah, because yeah. I'm trying to do the math here. Cause, uh, that's right. Because my math was that if they're from the class of 56 yeah. and they graduated at some point around 56, 57, 58, that would put them to have been born around at the earliest 38, 39. Yeah. Maybe, you know, it depends. Again, it depends on what. So the thing is, we don't know their age when they graduated. And there's a line later that Lenny says in another, I think, another three or four episodes. Yeah. Um, he and it talks about a rem- remedial reading and they yeah. had to keep asking him back, which means yeah. that he probably was still doing school courses even into his late teens. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. He mentions that in Slow Child. Which is yeah. Which yeah. is coming up. Which is emotionally devastating. Really yeah. But anyway, yeah, no, exactly though. It's it's uh yeah. it's a good point. It's a good mo- it's a good note. It's like, dude, you were yeah. uh yeah. I mean by today yeah. you know, for us millennials today, then man, yeah, there's a lot more wars we can have could have rooted for America during Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah ah, America. Oh yeah. Any hoot. Um yeah. yeah, but no, it was it was a good episode. I, yeah. I really enjoyed this. It's it's a lot of fun. It wasn't um it's not a must-see TV, but it's a case yeah. of, you know, if you need a good comedy episode, kind of a bubble episode, yeah. um, it's a good one. It's it's a good one in, in some respects to t- put in the background as well, because it's like yeah. the zingers of the dialogue are so well-written and so well-delivered yeah. as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a decent episode. It's decent. I would call this decent. There's a level, a level of funny that manages to sustain it. Yeah. Uh, some episodes will not do this, and it just crashes under the weight of plot. It just utterly crashes. But this episode, it works. It works mm-hmm. yeah, I guess we're at the ranking stage. Yeah. So, right? um, so what about you? What What was your What was your take? This is about a six for me. About a six. Yeah. I put it on a six. It's a good episode. It's not a necessary episode. Uh, I love the boys running around trying to be junior G-men. I love uh, the boys enthusing even after the whole plot has come out that Laverne's cousin's in the FBI. I love the girls' enthusiasm. I love Laverne's attempt at tramping. I love how hard they try to protect Carmine here. I love that the ultimate solution is that he didn't know anything about it. He was just, you know, passing captions to his guy's little mm-hmm. daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, it's not necessarily an episode. There are some huge plot holes, like, end up being just that stupid and not telling the girls that she let the FBI into their apartment. Uh-huh. And you're like, would you ever trust your landlady ever again if she nope. let the FBI into your apartment without telling you? But yeah, I've I've had we've had two landlords that have visited on the property on the you know because we're renting you know my yeah. my parents and I rent and yeah. I we've had two cases of two different landlords being on the premises without calling ahead oh, and freaking us out a little bit and like kind of and and like being like in the backyard like oh god there's an intruder type thing um yeah. there's none of that twice and yeah at that point it's like I understand they own it we're renting yeah. from them. 
but it's one of those like a lack of courtesy sort of thing. Yeah. I've never trusted them since. There was one yeah. landlord that was actually a while back when I was like nine or so, nine or ten. Um, yeah, he was he wasn't yeah. great. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, exactly. There's a there's a trust really trust like, issues yeah. here, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Carmine is so on his high horse for no reason. Yeah. Dude, you have done skeevy things. There is absolutely no reason for you to get all, oh, how dare you accuse me of this when you have done slimy things. You are the guy people go to for hot clock radios. Be quiet. It's not a huge jump, okay? And it's not even like they're accusing him of murder or anything. They're accusing him of laundering money, which isn't that huge of a jump after taking stolen merchandise and reselling it, which is what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to say, Jump was a better tomorrow made counterfeiting money a much more exciting looking job than it actually is. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, where are you going with this? I'm going to say, yeah, like a, a solid six for me. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of strong stuff. The weaknesses, I think, hold it back a little bit. And there's, yeah. there's a few, I feel like, missed opportunities. Um, with it, because as much as I love Herb and Ron, there's a certain point about halfway through the episode, they become a bit too muted for me. And Ronald, Ron, for Ronald, for instance, just kind of starts to just be there. And that was a little disappointing for me. So it's, it's a, it's an up and down episode. Um, high points are good. Um, and I just, dude, I wanted a Cowboy Bebop shootout at the end. Come on. (laughs) Now you're just thinking about that SNL sketch. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The, uh, yeah. uh, yeah. The welcome back Cotter is directed by Tar- Quentin Tarantino. Yes. Hmm. Let him go. Everyone dies. <laughs> the, the way Michael and David wove those characters in that world is great. Lenny try, Lenny trying to bite his hand with a gun in it just says it yes. all. Yep, and he just he bites the grip. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Perfect. Yeah. Now I I will I will leave the rest of my commentary about that about that sketch to another time. We should cover it eventually because it's hilarious, it's ridiculous, and it's kind of on topic. It is on topic for this podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just just go. not on this particular episode. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Anywho, cool. Awesome. So that's a good time, and um, I guess that's that's it for today, yes? Yes, it is. Wonderful. Okay. Well, thank you, everyone, so much for joining us today. And uh, if you would like to know more, please join us at Night After Night Pod on Facebook, Tumblr, WordPress, YouTube, or Night After Night PC uh, on Twitter. So you can join us to be a little more, a little more social. We've, we've, we're trying to be a little more social on these social medias over the last few months. And, you know, we're trying to do, trying to just do our part, you know, for all of us just trying to make it through the world you know it's like we're all locked up in a stakeout staking out the point when we're going to finally be able to go out there and see the world and travel and all of those sort of things because we're you know just locked up in here with time okay that's getting a little too heavy all right uh lightness lightness okay um well the uh the next episode uh lisa is uh oh god i just looked up which one it is okay uh maybe any on a heavy note is a good idea go ahead yeah. Shirley's appendix goes boom it's Shirley's operation. 
Yeah. Um, okay. So it's, 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 well, at the very least, I, you know, as a looking ahead, it's a written by David Duclon, who is very yes. funny, but always has a tinge of poignancy uh, whenever he worked on the scripts. So we will, uh, we'll check in with that next week.